So it's been a big week for news in the Catholic Church this week, huh? Any of you reading the papers? Pope came out with a statement this week. Actually, it's a three-part interview, and in this country, it came out in America Magazine. That's the Jesuit, largest Jesuit uh, magazine. I got that for years and years and finally gave up because I didn't have time to read it anymore. But, but um, being Jesuit, that's where it's here, and, and it was released in six other places. And uh, I, I woke up on Thursday or Friday, and, and there, somebody had sent me an email about it. And uh, there was an ad that a, a group that is really a very anti-Catholic uh, group is called NARAL, uh, some acronym for an abortion rights thing in which they've done everything, but they've tried to take the, even the, uh, the tax exemption from the Catholic Church. That's the kind of group that is, you know. So they, anyway, they, they, uh, they took out an, a, a big ad on Friday that said, uh, thank you, Pope Francis, for changing the church's teaching on abortion. And so I'm thinking, boy, I better read that article. <laughs> you know, it's kind of an edgy thing, kind of like this gospel. It gets you to think, you know. Of course, the Pope didn't do that at all. Uh, and that's the danger of getting your news from the New York Times. One has to also get the whole article. I really, it's a really interesting article. I really, really ought to look it up. Catholic News Agency has the whole thing on, on the Internet. I think Zenit always has those things, and, or America Magazine. Look on their website, it'll be there. I really encourage you to read the whole thing, because it's very interesting. He talked about many subjects, that which is one little paragraph. Like, remember, Pope Benedict had a few of these. They took it out of context in an airplane interview a few years ago, and, and uh, a thing at a university in which he mentioned something about Muslims, almost started World War III, or you know, the kind of thing. And these kinds of things, though, Jesus uses, and incidentally, the day after that interview, he gave another interview, which you will not be reading about, in which he talked about the sanctity of life in all forms very, very strongly. He said, there's no way, I'm not te- changing any teaching, I'm just planning to emphasize mercy. I can't argue with that. Huh? Um, the gospel today is extremely challenging. We wrestled with it on Tuesday at the Bible study. I wrestled with it all week. Jesus is not commending dishonest uh, stewards. What he is saying is that we, for our part, um, we as the children of light, hopefully we are trying to be that, um, are often not as shrewd in dealing with spiritual things as a worldly person who doesn't love God is in their dishonest dealings. They know how to get ahead in the world, which is in the end temporary. We don't trade enough with what we have, the same resources they do, to make friends in eternity and here. And he invites us to be shrewder uh, than we perhaps are because our investments aren't seen right away. We, it, it takes a little more ingenuity to see what Christ is talking about. The gospel is filled with all kinds of insights which are true when you hear it. He says, make friends with your, for yourselves with dishonest wealth, so when it fails, you'll be welcomed into eternal dwellings. What does he mean, dishonest wealth? Well, hopefully most of us didn't come by what we have dishonestly, but wealth, whatever it is, whether it's my time, my health, uh, the people that I encounter, money, possessions, homes, whatever it is, um, it gives the illusion of control, the illusion of permanence, the illusion of having uh, something that will be secure for us. And that's not true. It's dishonest. It is What it really is, it's a storehouse of value, but only temporarily. 
the, the storehouse of value that is permanent is right here in the gospel. It is the things we do for others we get to keep forever. It is the investments we make in time and with God, with other people. Today's Catechist Sunday, some of us teach. Um, these are the real investments. The others are phony. Um, we saw this. I mean, it's real enough. It just doesn't last. It doesn't really deliver what it promises it's going to. One of the more interesting things, and I, something you've been here for a while, I've mentioned it a few times. When the financial crisis hit in 2008, I, I, to me, it, it's always felt like a spiritual crisis, a lack of trust. Uh, people were not. People who were in positions of trust, I mean, in the banking world, blew that. And, uh, and I, I came to realize that our whole system in this country is based on a certain amount of integrity. And a lot of that is Judeo-Christian uh, patrimony that we inherited. Um, the, the Pope, after I think the stock market dropped 40% in, in a couple of days, was that right? It was really scary. We had another one of these in 2000, in 1998 or something like this. And he said, Pope Benedict said, he said, look at money. He said, already it disappears. It was never there to begin with. I thought, oh my gosh, that's so profound. It's like, okay, so you have things, whether it's a stocks or a house, some of these things, the value exists when you sell it. Otherwise, it's just theoretical. If everybody sold them at the same time, it would all evaporate, you know. This is what Jesus is talking about. He says, use these things well. He expects us to use what we have well to provide for our families and not be stupid. But he also tells us, make sure you're investing with me because that's the return that's really going to pay off. Um, this steward, he is all of us. You know, he suddenly, for one reason or another, his stewardship comes to an end. And he makes the decision to start investing so that when he gets, loses his position, when we are no longer here, when I no longer have my health, if I someday, I, you know, uh, please God, that won't happen if I don't have any, as much money as I'd like to have. If I don't have time, what did I do when I had those things? Um, what this man decides to do is to make friends for himself when he leaves. So he manipulates the situation so that the, the rich man can't go back on, on, on what he has reduced on the bill because it would make him look cheap and he'd lose all his customers. He, all these people will owe him something later. And uh, also, they're all accessories to his crime. So if he gets arrested, all the customers get arrested also. So he was very smart in what he did. What our Lord is telling us is that um, he says, make friends for yourself with wealth, dishonest wealth, so that when it fails you, because it, it isn't what it seems to be, you will have friends in heaven. And uh, the first thing that came to mind with this was, you know, I, I buried a lot of people here in this parish and in my 16 years of priesthood. Um, you know, I always try to do a really good job with that. My own mother, when she died, the priest rushed through it and he didn't do a good job for me and it still bugs me after 25 years. I try to make sure that that doesn't happen to anybody here. It's a personal thing with me. They're all investments. You see what I'm saying? And I think these people then see the real issues here at St. Ed's. Many of our parishioners have gone, but I think they're still a larger part of the community. I think they pray for us. I ask them to pray for us, to pray for me. They know more than I do. And they're friends I've made in the future. You see, that's an investment that pays off. You pray for your relatives that have died, they will pray for you. More than that, though, 
it's, you know, when we help the food bank, the kids are asking for $2 after mass so that they can go to Indianapolis for a youth convention. We tithe to St. Ed's. We give our time, we, we spend some time with a relative or a friend when we'd rather be watching TV, but we, we, we spend the time that they ask. We make a sacrifice for our children or for our parents. Um, at work, we are a person of integrity, even though we could get away with goofing off. And all of these things add up. And the person we help, um, I was, I knew I was going to put this in my homily. I was at Fred Meyer last night, and there was somebody stuck in the door. And I, I was back there thinking, come on, Grandma, get going, you know. <laughs> Grandma's sitting in the back here. <laughs> it was one of our prisoners. I came up there and ended up helping her out. I thought it was really funny. And I said, you're one of my investments, you know. <laughs> I just want you to know that. Um, it, was, it was really funny. I said, I think I know this lady. And then I thought, I better be nice to her. I'm going to see her again. But the thing is, we're going to see all of these people again. If Next week's gospel, uh, we have a mission priest next week, but it's Lazarus who, who uh, didn't recognize even the poor beggar he drove by every day on his way to work. Um, how many investment opportunities have I missed? Because I'm focusing on the wrong goal. Our Lord isn't telling us not to be uh, in the world and using it. He's telling us to keep our eye on the ultimate investment. It's kind of like somebody on board a ship who uh, amasses all kinds of shipboard credits and thinks they're very wealthy. And they don't do anything to help others with it. They don't share them. And when they get off the boat, everything goes back in the pot. You didn't use it. And it was worthless. A smart person takes that and makes friends so that when they get off the boat, which is life, they will have friends that they have helped while they were on board. They, they, they used what they needed, but they were also generous in what they had. This is what our Lord is telling us. He wants us to know what's going on, but he also won't violate our free will. We have each day as a new opportunity, a new day to offer to God our own choices. We are all stewards. We have our moment, and the moment is right now. What will God ask of me? What opportunities did he offer me today? Will I be open to them? Will I um, take the challenge of the gospel, the challenge of the Pope this week, to get deeper into what he was saying? Um, or will I be superficial, like, like the news, news media is, or like we are hearing this? It's really a story about us and the depth of my commitment to Christ and whether I've been paying attention as to what the, the real opportunities of life lead to.